the book of uh, Galatians is the place where we find um, the talk about the fruit of the Spirit by Paul and the Galatian church, uh, to use the language that John used uh, when he was talking um, last week, was about how we can live in either Egypt or the promised land. And the Galatian church was a church that was struggling as far as where they wanted to land. Uh, Paul had uh, gone to Galatia on one of his previous missionary journeys, and while he was there, he had preached that Christ had fulfilled the law of Moses, and that we can, through Jesus, enter into a right relationship with God through the cross, and into right relationship with Him, and and that this can never be done through works. But after Paul had left, a group of people that are called the Judaizers had followed after and had started to preach something a little different than what Paul had preached. And they had said that, yes, Christ has um, has died and, and all these, you know, w- w- the Christian gospel, but it's a Christian gospel in addition to the law of Moses. And so you came to God through Jesus, but you also came to God through the law. So not only was it through faith in Christ, but it was also through circumcision and the temple sacrifices and all these things that are part of the the Jewish law and the Jewish understanding of faith. Now, this really means that Christ hadn't changed much at all. And unfortunately, there were many in the, the church in Galatia who had uh, started to believe this line of thinking and this teaching. And so Paul wrote this letter that we call Galatians to the church to remind them of what he had preached in the first place, the original message that they had heard and that they had believed, and to appeal to them to choose freedom over slavery. And we pick up in um, this today, most of the way through the book, I think it's important that before he gets to the fruit of the Spirit, that Paul is talking about freedom. And chapter 5 begins with the famous verse, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now in the context of what John had to say last week and in weeks past, Paul is reminding the Galatian Christians that they live in the promised land now, and no longer in Egypt. There were those um, running around the Galatian church who were trying to take them back into slavery. The Galatian Christians had found freedom in Christ, but for some reason, which, which Paul could hardly believe, they started to trickle back. And the struggle for them was between freedom of grace in Christ and walking through the door with the key of the cross or fashioning their own key from their own good works. And they've been deceived into thinking that their own making their own key was possible, but it can only be, uh, you know, this fruitless venture that's doomed to failure. Now Paul is trying to remind, call them back into freedom by reminding them that they were meant to live in freedom. He's reminding them that they've already been given the key to the door uh, to take them um, into the promised land. And from here, after a few chapters of argument, Paul turns to a comparison of life that is lived according to the flesh or the sinful nature, um, depending on your translation, as opposed to life lived by the Spirit. Now, for someone to be living by the sinful nature is to do whatever we want with no regard to what God wants, what is good and right, uh, immorality, rage, dissension, selfish ambition, drunkenness, etc. 
Now this is put into contrast with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, etc. And now we have to ask ourselves, you know, why is this passage in the Bible and how do we learn to walk um, in the Spirit? Now God is giving us a comparison of a life lived in freedom versus a life lived in slavery. Now you need us to do this because it's hard for someone who's grown up in bondage to recognize what their own state is. And you know, a lot of the people that we know will look at the first list, the life according to the flesh, and think that that is very appealing. But we can look at the same list and see that it's not freedom like it like it promises to be. It is in fact bondage. And the second list is to show us a little bit of what a new life in Christ looks like. These two lists then are a sort of litmus test to recognize, help us recognize where we fall. They aren't meant to be exhausted or even to be seen on their own. The Bible has far more to say about slavery than we see in the first list. And it has far more to say about freedom than we see in the second list. But it's a start. So how do we get there? Well, we can have two views. First is that we should strive to be more loving and more joyful and more gentle and faithful. You know, I can pray for love, I can meditate on love, have Bible studies on love, work on love. This is where we get the fruit of the Spirit through our effort. And the second view is that it's there to make us long for the Spirit. It's there to make us pray for the Spirit. This position would say that living in the Spirit um, does not happen through our works, but that these, these fruit of the Spirit are the result of having the Spirit in us. Now, love itself is a great thing, but love is not the point. The point is the Spirit of God, the presence of God in our lives. Talking about love and joy and peace, etc., is just to remind us how badly we need the Holy Spirit. And it's to make us long for Him more. And this is a huge difference. The first view is all about striving. Now last week John talked about how striving is not from God. It's not how to live in the promised land. It's not how we get closer to God or how we live more in His will or embody His grace. Striving is about living in the prison camp. But we want the promised land. We want to be in the fullness of what Jesus came to give us. We want to rest in Him and we want to strive no longer. That's what Jesus came to give us. He didn't give us a key to open a door from one form of slavery into another. He gave us a key to enter into freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now we can have Bible studies on the fruit of the Spirit until we're blue in the face, but we're not going to come any closer to embodying them by doing that. It has struck me that we don't enter into freedom by acting free. And we don't become free by acting like we have the fruit of the Spirit. We get there by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We get there through entering into the life that Christ is offering us. 
That is why this passage is here. It's not to remind us that we don't meet up to God's expectations. It's to help us realize how badly we need Him and to want Him more. It's to remind us that God is offering us so much. I think that this is partly a change in how we see our relationship with God. If we ever think that God is impressed by what we can offer, we're only going to try to please Him by doing stuff for Him. Now, God gives us fruit, but He isn't impressed by it. And the only time that Jesus was impressed by, by anybody in the, in the Gospels is by their faith. Now, I have a, a picture here of Mitchell's artwork. Now, our fruit is like a small child bringing his first artwork home. You know, it's priceless not because it's good, not because we can sell it for a lot of money, but because it brings a smile to our face and it reminds us of what we have in that child. And we treasure the relationship that we have with our children and not what we can get out of them. And this is our, how our Heavenly Father sees us and our fruit that we bring to Him. We do not do to get approved by God. We do because we are approved by God. Now with Mitchell's art, you know, he didn't get my love because of his artwork. He did the artwork because he already has my love. And so if we realize that we're already approved and loved by God, that he wants to work through us rather than to have us work, and that what he wants from us is a heart that's for him and open to him working, then we will pursue him rather than do for him, and then he will find this uh, the room to move in our lives. I remember doing a lot with cause and effect in physics class, and cause and effect is a study of how one event affects another. For example, if a baseball bat hits a baseball, then it's going to go flying, and it's the effect of the impact of the bat on the ball um, that brings about the cause, which is the ball flying away. Now, there's cause and effect here, too. If we try to do for God, if we strive to meet His expectations, if we work to please Him, then the effect will be frustration and defeat and condemnation. We cannot ever do enough or be good enough. But if we pursue Jesus and live by the Spirit, then all of these things, the fruit of the Spirit, and seeing God work through us and show His power through us, all these things will happen naturally as a consequence. We never need to pursue them alone. We never need to pursue the fruit of the Spirit alone, or we never have to pursue a life um, where the Spirit works through us powerfully alone. We need to seek God, and these things will happen now, what's the difference in these approaches? Well, take a seed. Now, I can have a seed in my hand, and I could berate it because it's useless and because it hasn't done anything for me yet. I could tell it to work harder at, uh, at bearing fruit. I could tell it, you know, maybe just to accept its own state as a seed and, um, and tell it that that's all it's going to be. And then it needs to become comfortable with that. But what's best is just to plant it in the soil and to water it and to prune it and then let it bear fruit when the time is right. And we are a seed that needs to be planted to bear fruit. 
We need to be planted, watered, and pruned. And when God has begun to work in us, we will bear fruit in due time. Our role is to be planted. A seed that is planted and watered can't help but bear fruit. It's just what happens naturally. It doesn't stress. It doesn't take courses on it. It just happens. In the context of what John talked about last week, a seed that is not planted is like a person living in Egypt. A seed that is planted is one that's living in the promised land. It's our nature to struggle with impatience. You know, why are we here? Where is the fruit? How do we know if we have any value if we don't see this fruit? And of course we want it. It's natural. It's human. Fruit makes us feel like we we matter. We say, I'm alright because I have fruit. God must approve of me. But this... All this, all the fruit, everything that we can do for God is completely meaningless if we are not founded in Jesus Christ. If we are not surrounded by His presence, if we are not based in Jesus, then our fruit can never last. It's like a Christmas tree. You know, a Christmas tree can be a beautiful and fragrant thing. But the trees that we've cut down and mounted in our living rooms are temporary. In fact, as soon as they're cut down, they begin to die. Now, we can water the tree, but once it's separated from the ground, the death is all but inevitable. Now, even when it's dead, it can hold on to its ornaments, but even they won't look as good as the branches and the needles turn brown. Now, a Christmas tree is like a branch cut off from the vine, like it's talked about in John 15. And we're like that. We need to be planted in the ground and watered by the Holy Spirit if we're going to have bear any fruit and any fruit that is going to last. Now, none of this is speaking against fruit. Fruit is commanded. We're told to bear good fruit. We're not told this so that we will seek the fruit. We are told to seek the kingdom, to seek the presence of God. This is meant to be an encouragement that life by the Spirit is possible as long as it is not us making it happen. It's also part of a continuing exhortation that we are not here to produce results. We are here to enter into the life that Christ has for us. Our fruit is a result of a changed life in Christ. Our pursuit has always to be for Christ alone. We seek Him and we seek His presence. Everything else will follow from there. Amen.